0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Seeking Insights podcast. Today is going to be a little bit about how we can optimise health across the Christmas period without having to diet. I think in the fitness industry, there's almost like two camps. There's a camp of people that says you must not eat X amount on these days. You are only allowed Christmas day off all the other days must be diet. That extreme camp. Then there's the other camp. Where they're like, ah, just do what you want. Just have a great time. I sort of sit in the middle. To be honest, I sit in the middle on a lot of things. You might call me a fence sitter. I sit in the grey quite a lot. Because this Christmas, for me, I'm telling all my clients to still prioritise health. But none of that involves dieting. Because there are many ways that we can optimise health. We can continue to get healthier. That do not involve food restriction. Or weight loss. There's almost this false dichotomy at the minute that the only way to get healthier is to drop body fat and that is completely incorrect okay that may benefit health depending on you however there are other ways to get healthier so i'm going to cover the five main areas that i usually cover physical mental emotional social and intellectual health i'll apologize in advance i've been a little bit sniffly this week not sure why i actually think i've got a little bit of an allergy So my nose was blocked, hence why the podcast is also a little bit later on today. I had to wait till my nose died down to record. So the first place I'm going to start is an obvious one, physical health. What can you do this festive period to benefit your physical health that does not involve the restriction of eating or food? So we're going to start right away with what we prioritize throughout the period, which should be protein and plants. Now, this is a normal behaviour that we should do every day of our lives, no matter on the festive period. But for anyone that hasn't been experienced or uh, encountered this, this is what we should be doing across the festive period. At each meal, try and have some protein and try and eat some plants. Now, that's not going to be able to happen at every meal, because let's be honest, when someone brings the cheese board out, I know cheese is protein, but there's not a large amount there. But when someone brings the cheese board out, and they bring the crackers out, and the relishes, and the chutneys, It's time to eat. So it's not going to happen at every meal. But if as many times as possible, you can literally prioritize fruit, veg, plants and protein. You will feel the benefits of that. And this is where we link directly into January. Because when January comes around, everyone says they have the January blues. They feel awful. They feel a bit down and depressed. Is that the case? That it's January or, is January just like any month, but the difference is that since December, they have literally not prioritised their health or themselves in the slightest. This is where people go on drink fueled binges. They start on potentially Christmas Eve, and they don't end till New Year, drinking every day. Alcohol massively affects sleep. They don't prioritise plants, they don't eat any fruit, they don't eat any veg. Sometimes they barely leave the house. So this links into the next health-seeking behaviour that we can do this festive period, which is remain active, but go outside. So going outside in fresh air, in daylight, getting some like daylight exposure has massive benefits to health, both mental and physical. It improves the quality of your sleep because it it helps with your uh, synchronising your circadian rhythm. There are a lot of benefits, and that doesn't even include just getting off some steps has things like heart benefits, Um, cardiovascular disease reduction so if this festive period you can get outside as many days as possible get some steps go for a quick walk which let's be honest doesn't take a long time you could go for a half an hour walk and that would that would be better than nothing because this is what it's about it's about doing what you can in the circumstances that you're in everyone's christmas and festive period looks different but if you can do a couple of these you're going to feel a massive benefit so come january when everyone else is low energy, they're feeling down, they're drained, they're sucked, they've had the soul sucked out of them, no motivation. You're gonna come bounding with energy, ready to tackle 2022. So obviously, fruit and veg, prioritize plants, prioritise protein, go outside and get some fresh air. That's from a physical perspective, and they're just the, the 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 basics, you know, you should still be getting hydrated, try and still drink a lot of water. Especially if you're going to be consuming alcohol. It dehydrates us. So stay on top of your water intake. And then what we can realistically move to. I'm going to leave mental and emotional to last. Because that's the biggest one that I'm going to talk about today. Social. Next one. Just enjoy Christmas. Be present with friends and family. Be there. You know, we we live on our phones. So whilst, yeah, get photos because they're amazing for memories. Take funny videos. Do whatever you want. Leave the digital distraction to the side and be truly present with the people that you love. Because that's gonna what you're going to remember. In five years time, potentially when some of those family members aren't around, you're going to look back and say, I really enjoyed that Christmas. That was an amazing one. And that's what it's about. It's about building memories that are going to last. Enjoying the experience that is life. Looking forward to the future and dwelling on the past, both take away from the present So the only thing from a social perspective, which to be fair links in heavily with mentally and emotional. Be present this Christmas, enjoy those social occasions, go and visit friends and family. Let's move on to intellectual. You're doing that right now technically by listening to this podcast, so well done. But by challenging our brains, by learning something, by pushing ourselves, we can really benefit our intellectual health. So if you're going to go out for a walk, listen to a podcast. Maybe you can watch a YouTube video on a subject that you're really interested in. This could link in again. You can all, even a little practice like yoga can help with mindfulness. Maybe there's some breathing exercises that you want to try on YouTube. Again, they link you with mental and emotional health as well as physical health. All these pieces fall into place. So if you encourage your intellectual health, you watch podca- you listen to podcasts or watch podcasts that are on YouTube too. Watch other YouTube videos, read books, read articles Watch a documentary. Netflix has loads of documentaries now. Um, There's one in particular I haven't yet watched... ...but I've heard it's very good. The uh, 14 Peaks. I've read the book from um, Nimsdai Perger... ...and I hope I've pronounced his name right there. And it's about him climbing the highest 14 mountains in the world... ...all above 8,000 metres... ...and he broke the world record by a considerable amount of time. Uh, Six years, I think it was. Six and a bit years. That's a fantastic documentary... Even that, you will learn and you're expanding your knowledge, you're challenging your brain. We get stuck into this rut. We get stuck into these routines where we do nothing to actually expand our own knowledge. And it's really important to just keep that brain active, keep it ticking over. You know, it'll help with memory. In the age of digital distraction, in the age of digital technology, where everything that we do, we can now do on our phones, we don't need to remember phone numbers anymore. We don't need to write down and and make notes because we can do it all on our phone we've got voice memos we've got all this fantastic technology but it's distracting away from us using our own brains so this festive season when you've got a little bit of downtime maybe you've got a couple of weeks off work so you've actually got more time than usual try listening to an audiobook or a podcast go and watch a documentary all of those could genuinely benefit not only your health especially if you pick a health-seeking one but your brain function as well. So the last one that I want to move on to. Is mental. And I'm going to pull mental and emotional in together. Because this is a big one. I'm going to start with one of the obvious ones. Which is around food. And. This is a practice. That I try and encourage. Every single one of my clients to do. irrelevant of the time. The location. Season. But eating mindfully. By which I mean, eating and actually thinking about eating. So, for example, you've got a meal. You sit down. What's the meal going to taste like? What does it smell like? These thoughts and feelings that we have, that we consider about our food, actually start a phase of the digestion. So it actually helps with digestion. But that's not just the reason that we do it. Because by getting excited about food... It actually helps us digest it and listen to our hunger cues which is really important because that's another tip that I'm going to give you across the festive period. If you are full, do you need to eat anymore? Christmas is almost a time of forced overeating. Everyone overconsumes. And these are a couple of the little things that you can do to minimise that overconsumption so you don't feel like a busted sofa. Because let's be honest, we've all done it, I've done it. It's so much on Christmas dinner that you cannot move for the afternoon. And everyone has a midday Christmas day nap because you are exhausted from overconsumption. And this is where we sit down with our food, listen to what your body's saying Are you still hungry? Because if you are, continue eating. But if you aren't, do you really need the rest of that food? Can you potentially save it in a Tupperware for later? If you're talking to someone on your Christmas dinner, you know, this social occasion where we all chat and talk, can you put your knife and fork down while you talk? Because taking that pause, taking that moment, is going to encourage you to just slow down your eating. Which then links nicely into slow down the rate that you eat. I know I'm guilty of it. I used to eat extremely fast. And I've slowed it down. And now that I've done that. I can actually listen to my own body. And I can say well actually I'm now full. So I don't need any more. So slow your eating down. Chew more if you can. And understand that you can say no. It's almost been ingrained in us. I did a post on this on Instagram. A couple of days ago. Weeks ago. Whenever you're listening to this podcast. About from a child, we are told to finish our plate. You're not allowed to leave the table till you finish your plate. Eat all your food. There's these pressures, and as well from an from a almost economic standpoint of oh, you you you're a prick if you put food in the bin because there's people out there starving and and all these sort of social factors that make us feel as though we have to finish our food, but we don't. That's a choice. You can choose whether you finish your food or not. You choose what you eat. People get a little bit upset when you say this. Because if you're choosing to diet. If you're choosing to eat differently. It is a choice. You are choosing to do that. But it's actually empowering. Because once you understand that you're choosing what you eat. The choice lies in your hands. It's no one else. You're not being forced. The choice is yours. So because of that, you're now empowered, you can make decisions that best suit your needs, you can listen to what your body needs, you can make those decisions based on you, as opposed to someone else telling you what they want, or what you should do. So what I'm actually going to talk about, this was what this entire podcast was leading to, it's actually the practice of gratitude. And you might be thinking, oh, here he goes, airy-fairy bullshit. Wrong. Wrong. There's now more and more literature, research, surrounding gratitude emerging that promotes the enormous health and mental health benefits of it. So if you're sat there thinking, nah, this isn't for me. What I want you to think about is just to give it a go and listen to what I'm about to say. Think of the practices and see if it benefits you. So, gratitude. There's a couple of ways to do it. There's a slightly more optimal way which I'm going to go into. But the practice of expressing gratitude or receiving gratitude actually changes the way that our brain works. There's a particular type of circuitry, I'll call it circuitry, in our brain that almost encourages positive thoughts and feelings. And then there's separate circuitry that like promotes negative thoughts and feelings. Obviously, both are required, especially from a survival standpoint, such as fear is in the negative one, because if there's a lion or a bear coming at you, you want to be scared, because if you're not scared, then you're not going to activate all those body responses. You're not going to get your heart pumping. You're not going to get your muscles engaged and full of blood, ready to move, run away, whatever your action is, flight or fight, fight sort of response. But by using gratitude on a regular basis, daily, weekly, whatever it is, you can actually start to move your brain towards the positive. So if you imagine, it's a bit like a seesaw, the bit where you pivot, you can move it closer to positive. So what that means is that your overall mood in the rest of your life can actually be impacted by practice and gratitude. Now, if that is not a benefit that you want, you might as well delete the podcast off your phone now. Because that is going to be sensational for your life. If you can feel happier in day-to-day life, surely that's a big win. So now we need to sort of go on to the different ways of doing gratitude. And there's a few, but the two that I'm going to cover are like a narrative-based and a list-based. Now, the list-based option is the easiest. It's just literally make a list of things that you're grateful for. I've done this one in the past. And what I've found is that because... I can picture the particular things that I'm thinking about, it does help. But there is actually a slightly more optimal way to do it, and that's the narrative side. But what I would say about the lists, the important bit is that you don't just focus on the external things. So, for example, my gratitude practice when I used a list was picking three to five things that I am grateful for in my general life. So, that could be the apartment that I live in, the fact that I've got a roof over my head, coffee of a morning a good book, or a new book. They're things that happen in my life. But you need to also try and express gratitude about yourself. What are things, traits, characteristics, things about yourself that you are really grateful for? So for me, for example, it's the fact that I love learning. I love finding out more. I love exploring my own mind. That could be one. It could be um, the way that, the, you know, the... the characteristics that you use when you look after your kids you know that you're really compassionate and caring it's about finding things that about yourself that you're really grateful for you can even turn these into a sentence and say I am really grateful for x but the the main bit is focusing on the feelings it's focusing on the emotions which quite often is why this combined with journaling If you don't know what journaling is, go back to the last episode, episode 4, and you will hear all about that. But finding out about journaling, uh, sorry, expressing gratitude, going into your thoughts and emotions and feelings and writing it down, being aware of them, exploring them, is what's going to get you the biggest benefit. But this is where the narrative comes in, because they've shown in research, it's very new, so Don't take it as gospel. Obviously things change. More and more science comes out. But as an evidence-based practitioner, I love to have research backing up things that I encourage other people to do. So if there's research there, if there's some substantial evidence and I've got my own anecdotal experience, them combined together can produce results. So the stuff that's coming out at the minute is a story or a narrative-based Gratitude practice is beneficial. It's the more optimal version to do it. So this is about receiving. Gratitude. Receiving as opposed to expressing. So this is where you potentially write a story down. It could be the full story. It could be bullet points. It could be just some reference areas for the story. About a time where you received genuine gratitude. And What you do is you make a couple of bullet points potentially how you felt before how you feel after what the actual thing was what the other person was grateful for and by focusing more on receiving the gratitude for something that you did amazingly then you actually get a better benefit but this is where expressing gratitude to others is so important because if you tell someone something they've done, something they've done amazing, something you're really thankful for. Not only are you impacting your own day because you're expressing some gratitude, but you're impacting theirs. So if we know the benefits, which I'm going to go into in a moment, of gratitude, are so powerful, and we do that to someone else, we are doing them a disservice by not expressing gratitude when they do something amazing. But that's the key bit. There has to be intention behind it. Because our bodies know when gratitude is real or forced. So this is where you can't just say, oh, I'm really thankful for X if you don't believe in that. You need to have intention and belief behind that, which is why the narrative is that little bit more special. Because you've received that gratitude and because it's from someone else and it was well-meaning and it had intention behind it, it's slightly more powerful. So if someone does something... You know, even whoever makes the Christmas dinner, express genuine thanks to them, sincere thanks. And not only will you make their day, but you're helping yourself, both mental and physical health. Which, you might be thinking, well, how's it physical health? Well, I'm about to tell you now, because the benefits of gratitude go quite deep. The way that our brain works, we release chemicals. If you think about when you're stressed, your heart rate goes up, okay, but stress isn't real. There's nothing that you can hold with stress. So if you imagine um, any sort of disease, for a, even if we go as simple as a cold or flu, um, I'm not saying the C word, but cold or flu, if we go there, there's an actual little virus that causes that. There's a virus that causes it. But with stress, there isn't. There's maybe an outside event But it's our perception of that event. For example, if you're stuck in traffic, two people can see that event as completely different. One person can not be affected by it and another person can see it as the end of the world. So it's our perception of those events. But stress itself isn't a real thing. There's nothing physical to touch. So we now know, with that in mind, that the brain and the heart are connected because if you're stressed, which is a made up emotion in your head, you have created that stress. It influences things like your heart rate, your blood pressure, everything. So our brain is connected to the rest of our body. We already knew that, but I wanted to give you a little bit of sciencey there to just reinforce it. So by practicing gratitude, by going through the process, using our brain circuitry to release hormones, to release different things in the body and cause and effect. We can actually see physical health benefits. So things like the reduction of inflammation, which is something that comes quite often with stress. Um, There's a variety of hormones. um, The names are quite technical and they they elude me. However, they are caused by things like stress and chronic stress. So those hormones that cause the inflammation, which isn't a bad thing. It's needed in short term. But when it's long-term, that's when it causes issues. So gratitude can actually reduce the length that these hormones exist in the bodies. Um, cytokines, I believe that they're called. They reduce the time that they're in the bodies. So what that means is that that inflammation that can cause other problems down the line is reduced. And that doesn't even begin to get on your overall mood and emotional state. So Even just practicing gratitude has an enormous benefit on our mental and physical health. So, now you might be thinking, right, how am I going to do this? And I did explain a little bit earlier, you know, get that list together, get some bullet points, get the story. Think about how you felt before and after and focus on those feelings of after. Try and build them again inside yourself. But you don't need to do this for hours. This could be a one to a five minute practice. Sit yourself down, take a few deep breaths. Breathe in, but breathe out as well, through the nose. Nice, controlled, slow, steady breathing. Settle yourself. And then think about these feelings. Write them down. Use that story as a reference. And see how you feel receiving that gratitude. There is another option where people see other people receiving gratitude. Um, So, for example, if you watch a documentary where you see someone else being really nice and it's intentional, you can actually get the the effect of gratitude from that but that's a lot harder to do Um, and obviously you just end up searching the entire internet looking for examples of people receiving and expressing gratitude so just do it yourself, pick a story where someone, uh, one of your own memories where you received gratitude, someone else expressed it um, and really focus on that but as I said you can combine that with journaling and a little bit of meditation to make the process that little bit more more well-rounded. And if you go back to the previous episode, you'll know all about that. And there's actually a little a little link with the opposite. They did some studies where people were put in almost like a stress-induced state. And they did gratitude practice. And there was some positive side effects. Which, for anyone out there that is doing cold water exposure, may be a really good thing to try. See if it works for you. So if you already get a cold shower, get a cold bath, um, ice baths, sea dips, water, uh, um, lake dips, sorry. If you do all those things, then there is a really good chance that by doing gratitude while you're in that situation, you can see a big benefit from that. But this is the thing. Intention matters. And I said this before. Intention matters. So if you don't believe what you're saying, if you don't believe the gratitude you're expressing or receiving... Or if you don't believe the things that you're doing work, you will not get the benefits from them. And you might be thinking, "Mm, no, surely if it works, it works. Well, there was a study done on two mice. So at this point, I'd like to say, you know, researching animals is weaker compared to researching humans. So because we're not like mice, the, the things may not directly apply. So that's just something to be aware of. But what they did was they had two mice. They had them in two cages and there was two running wheels that were connected together. One mouse had the option to get in and out the wheel. It had free choice when it ran. The other mouse did not. The other mouse had to run when the first mouse was running. And what they found was the mouse that could choose when it ran got positive health benefits. It saw changes in hormones that were positively associated with health. It's blood pressure reduced, things like that. The mouse who did not, the mouse who was forced to run when it didn't want to, saw a negative health impact. It saw an increase in blood pressure because it was being forced to do something it didn't want to do. So if you're thinking about doing cold water exposure and the only reason you're doing it is because everyone else tells you to do it, then you're not going to see the benefits from it. You need to want to do it. Don't get me wrong, it's not not everyone wants to do it like it's hard getting in the cold water i i do it myself but if if you don't have the intention of actually wanting to do it like i choose to get in that cold water it's a choice whereas if you're feeling forced to get in that cold water you're not going to see the same benefits as someone who's chose to get in that water okay and this is the same with these practices in order for you to get the most out of them you need to understand that you're choosing to do this and just give it a go and see what happens and if you really enjoy it if you feel some from some benefits from it continue to do so but these are things that you can do daily you don't have to do them daily gratitude it can even from like short spells of once a week can potentially have impact on our overall mood and health over the longer term so these are things to consider but considering it literally takes 1 to 5 minutes a day to practice gratitude. To sit there and say no actually I'm really grateful for. The example that I've used previously with people. Is when you're brushing your teeth. If you're brushing your teeth. You've got two minutes of a morning. And of a night. If you don't brush your te- teeth twice a day. You should go and see your dentist. You've got two minutes of a morning and of a night. Where you don't do anything else. You're not doing anything else. You're just brushing your teeth. So at that time is there something else you can be doing? Yes. Practice gratitude. Think of a time when someone expressed gratitude towards you. Or even if you just make the list, go back to the basics. Things that you're grateful for. And let that impact your day. And doing this over the festive period, which is all about giving and receiving. It all ties in together. It's the perfect time to start. It's the perfect time to say, you know what, actually. That gift that you got me, I am really bloody grateful for. And really express it with sincerity. Because that's what's going to to impact people's lives and your life. These little things that don't seem like much all add up. These are the 1% that lead to the big change. You know, in Atomic Habits, the book by James Clear, he talks about small changes over time. So small changes over time equal big results. And he talks about a flight, and I believe it's leaving Las Vegas... Uh, or, no, sorry, LA. It's leaving LA, and if you change the direction of the flight, which is headed for New York, by one degree, which we all know is nothing, considering a circle's 360, one degree is tiny, if you move the plane's direction by one degree, it will land in Washington DC instead of New York. That is enormous, but small changes, compounded over time, equal big results. So if there's anything that you take away from this podcast today, from these health-seeking behaviors, from these health-seeking um, you know, habits that we're building realistically, try gratitude. Just see what happens, see how you feel, see how it impacts your day. Maybe you're not going to notice a big change right away, but I know because I've done it that I have genuinely seen a change on my overall mood and I do lots of things all together. And maybe I can't pinpoint down to a single particular thing that it works on. But these all together have drastically changed my life. So I'm not saying this from a place of like, oh, well, it might work. It has changed my life. A combination of meditation, journaling, expressing gratitude, you know, show myself some gratitude, show myself some self-love and appreciation and compassion. All these things have genuinely changed the way that I view the world. So give them a go and see what you think. So that's all from me today on the Seeking Insights podcast. I hope you've all enjoyed that and um, you take something away from it. And please do not get yourself into a place this festive period where you feel guilty or shamed around food. We have the choice to do what we want. And not everyone's lives look the same. Not everyone's goals look the same. We are all unique individuals. I say this quite regularly to clients, to other people. It is a miracle we are on this planet. It is an actual miracle. The chances that you live in the exact way that you do, haven't had the experiences that you've had, gone through the traumas that you have, big or small, is irrelevant. To be exactly where you are right now, the chances of that happening are infinitesimally small. So small. It's basically zero. So you yourself are a miracle. So just think about that. Show yourself some self-love, you know, appreciate everything that goes on in your life, express a bit of gratitude, try and get outside, prioritise prioritize that activity, get some fresh air, get some sunlight, prioritise plants and protein, stay hydrated, try and get some decent sleep because that's going to have a big impact and enjoy your festive period, enjoy Christmas, enjoy the downtime and the social occasions and really be present. And on that note, remember, be humble, be curious, be kind, peace out.